Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. As part of our special report on workforce development in the trucking industry, we'll spend these next episodes speaking with industry professionals about people, issues, and trends that define its workforce. In this episode, we're exploring the dynamics involved with driver demand. What does it take to be a commercial driver? And what are schools doing to train these drivers? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. We'll take a look at the macro view of driver demand with Don LeFay, CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association, later. But first... Let's take the micro view. We'd like to welcome our first guest, Chris Thropp, CEO, president of Sage Truck Driving School. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you on. Let's just take a moment to let you describe Sage Truck Driving School. Just uh, give us a brief intro on the curriculum and and what you provide students. Sure. So uh, Sage was was started in 1989. We're actually based in uh, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Harrisburg. The uh, the New Stanton School is one of our schools. We have about uh, 25 truck driving schools across the country, and about 180 employees, including uh, staff and instructors. And um, the primary business is to provide CDL training, mostly for individuals who are uh, just starting out in the trucking industry, but also for fleet driver training and contract training, special training. And, and we also are uh, CDL testers, third-party CDL testers in multiple states. So uh, the, the kind of the bottom line is we're, uh, we're a workforce training company. And, um, and we kind of consider our basic mission to be providing you know, comprehensive CDL training um, and, and job placement assistance so that, so that there are safe drivers on the road. So that's kind of a a thumbnail sketch of what Sage is all about. Okay. Now you've been in this space for quite a while. What does it take to, to train a a class eight driver? I I guess I'm asking, what do you think, what attributes would it take to be a a class eight driver, a commercial driver? Yeah. I mean, we, we have a very kind of wide selection of students who come to our school, Uh, men and men and women, uh, people from all over the country are because we're, kind of geographically so spread out. We get people from uh, the city who have never been around commercial vehicles. We get people who are, you know, right off the farm who have been driving tractors since they're, you know, eight years old. But, um, you know, we're trying to attract people to this industry by uh, providing information about the benefits of the industry. And there are there are many of them. Um, but it, it does take someone, you know, first of all, it's someone who, who wants to be in it, that they are willing to kind of adapt to the lifestyle of trucking. So lifestyle is always uh, an issue. But we, you know, the, the trucking industry has a lot to offer. And so we try and educate people on, on um, what, what the many benefits and advantages are. Uh, people have to have a, um, a good driving record. Uh, they have to be able to pass a drug screen, which has been a little bit of a challenge because of... Um, 
the states that have have uh, legalized uh, marijuana. So they have to understand that that's not something that's allowed under uh, federal rules, even if it's allowed by by state. Uh, and it, you know, I think you have to look for people who want to learn and are willing to work hard. It's obviously an industry where uh, hard work is involved and um, and they're willing to kind of adapt to the lifestyle. So those are kind of some of the key things that we're looking for um, for for our students so that they can succeed and so that we can we can provide good, safe drivers to the trucking industry. What are some of the challenges in getting students in there? I mean, is, is there a challenge or? Yeah, there, there are challenges. Um, you know, I, I say to people sometimes that, um, you know, funding is probably one of the biggest challenges that that the whole trucking industry has. In other words, how do people pay for truck driving school to start uh, a new career? And And it's it's somewhat difficult because you're telling people that this is a great industry, um, but you have to pay in order to get into it. And uh, whether you go to our, our, a private truck driving school like ours or you go to a, a, a carrier-based program, there is a cost involved to doing it. So that's kind of one of the things of trying to educate people because the reality is that once you get your CDL, there's really a very big uh, payback. There's a lot of job stability. There is... Um, um, uh, a lot of job security. There are plenty of plenty of open positions, and you can really you can use the CDL anywhere in a in a multitude of of um, uh, spaces within the the transportation sector. But funding is funding is an issue that uh, we work on all the time. But of course, we um, we work with students continually to try and find um, funding options for them. You know, if they can't pay in cash, that there are grants and scholarships and loans and employer-paid uh, options. There, we're, we're VA-approved at all of our locations, so if you're a veteran, you can you can go there using your 9/11 GI Bill. Uh, and so there are a variety of funding sources, but I would say that that is that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, the other things that that come into play are. Um, just kind of a student understanding what is the the obligation of being a truck driver, especially an over-the-road driver, uh, understanding the pay and benefits, uh, just kind of getting an understanding of, of uh, the responsibilities of a driver, the importance of safety, uh, and things like that. But, um, you know, that's that's our job in terms of attracting students is to try and, and um, convey the, all the benefits of trucking because there are lots of advantages from uh, all the pay, uh, different types of pay and bonuses, all the insurance and vacation and retirement, and, and then all the kind of soft attributes of uh, being kind of independent in, in your position and, and um, seeing the country, which is, you know, a lot of people really enjoy, and then opportunities for, for advancement and things like that. But it's it's got its challenges in terms of attracting people. But um it's a great industry. And, you know, honestly, we have more people who want to go into this industry than really than than can qualify to go in. You know, it's it's very interesting that you mentioned funding and as well as the attributes of having a, a job such as a driver being the, the room for advancement. And I think in trying to convey all of those things, it's sort of a, a marketing message, you know, just you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And then in that sense, you must do a lot of work with, you know, with fleets. 
and, and, and other logistical companies to to make sure that they are getting the right types of drivers? Are, are you in those particular talks or in, in having those particular partnerships with those companies? Yeah, that's that we absolutely do. So um, a, a big part of running a truck driving school is really the kind of the workforce development, workforce training aspect of it. Uh, people don't get a CDL because they want to put a CDL in their wallet or in their pocket. They They get it because they want to get a job. And so a huge part of what we do at Sage is related directly to job placement assistance. So we have very good relationships with great trucking companies uh, across the country, whether they're, uh, you know, all the major over the road companies, but as, but also regional and some local jobs for, for, uh, for people that are, that are interested in doing that. Um, and so we have partnerships with, with many of the major companies um, and that's a, that's a, very important aspect of, of running a truck driving school is having those relationships where the trucking companies know that they're getting a, you know, essentially a good product, a safe driver, someone who has uh, been educated um, well enough to essentially be a co-driver because the trucking companies are, they're entrusting them with a, a very large uh, vehicle and, and expensive freight. So, uh, that whole job placement aspect of what we do is very, very important. Transforce Group is your one-stop shop for carrier solutions. From driver development to carrier business needs, we are the number one choice to keep trucking firms on a path to growth. We offer innovative solutions in compliance and safety, digital recruiting, employment solutions such as driver and mechanic placement, and driver education and training. Transforce Group is here to help. Visit transforcegroup.com to get on the road to success today. You know, you were just explaining just the, the, the hurdles that you have to go through as a, as a driving school uh, to, you know, to make sure you get students and also to make sure those students are well prepared when they enter the workforce. But you know, one thing that's affect us all, you know, no matter what profession, is uh, the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic. It has probably hit your school hard in the sense of uh, you know just d- delaying classes and, and closing for for a while. Can you can you just uh, talk us through that um, particular moment and and describe the the steps that you took to uh, to get through it? Sure. Well, it, it has obviously had an impact on our business, uh, I mean, on our customers and, and on students and, and costs. So we were shut down for a couple months and that, that uh, varied by state, which made it kind of difficult that different states were making different decisions. But um, there, there have been some challenges in terms of operating with the health concerns, but we've, we've essentially, um, you know, put in place the CDC recommended guidelines. So um, everybody's wearing a mask and we're trying to social distance and keep, keep students uh, separated. The one interesting thing about our program, um, you know, the, the, just in terms of how we deliver the CDL training is all of our training is done with one student per truck. It always has been. So most schools are putting three or four students in a truck when they go out on the road. Uh, we have always only had the instructor and one student in the truck. So that made that kind of, that kind of social distancing much easier because we were used to doing that. Um, whereas a lot of schools had to figure out how do we, instead of being four to one in a truck, how do we go to one on one to one in a truck? Whereas we've been doing that for, 
for a long time. But we, you know, we just had to add different uh, procedures for temperature uh, checks and cleaning and and um, and testing where that's required. Um, recruiting changed uh, significantly. There there really are not visits by recruiters at this point. For the most part, most of the recruiting is done by Zoom, which I think is, you know, it's hard. Um, the other big issue that we've had um, just in operating the schools is the the shutdown of so many of the, the uh, departments of motor vehicles. So it's difficult getting students in to get a permit uh, knowledge test, get them in to uh, actually get their CDL once they pass the CDL test, and also to get uh, make arrangements for CDL testing when it's done by the state. So those have been some challenges, but, you know, we're, we're holding our own. We're getting through this. We've got some great employees who are just really focused on continuing to do a good job and solving problems and dealing with the situation. And that has made all the difference in the world. Well, that makes the most difference in adapting to change. You know, that's the, the one thing in this pandemic that most industries are, are trying to navigate through where having to work with regulations and having those, uh, supply chains, I guess, slowed down by, by this crisis that, that really puts a, a wrench into the system. Uh, pandemic aside, what are some of the things that you would like to see in driver training that haven't been to fruition yet? Yeah, I, it's, that, that's a good question. It's, uh, th- there are going to be changes coming and I, and I, um, you know, the, the biggest change that we're going to see, which I don't, there, there's some uncertainty connected to it is the new entry level driver training rule. So that was supposed to go into effect in February of 2020 uh, because of the pandemic and because of some technological issues that FMCSA had that has now been delayed until February of 2022. But that's going to be a kind of a game changer because it's um, it's going to really change the whole paradigm as to how CDL training is done because um, schools will have to be approved by FMCSA and beyond the training provider registry. They're going to have to uh, verify that all the theory training topics and all of the proficiency um, um, determinations have been done in terms of skills. So um, I, I can't say that that's something that, that uh, you know, I wanted, um, but generally I think it's good. I think that the, the new entry-level rules are going to kind of give some uniformity across the country because essentially anyone who wants to get a CDL is going to have to go through that, that, uh, unapproved program. So that, that's kind of one of the biggest changes that's going on. Um, you know, there, the, uh, I would like to see funding expanded, um, because I do think that working in the trucking industry is really a very good job for a lot of people. And if we can make that available to more people, that would um, I think that would be good for for the economy, good for individuals, and good for the the, the, the trucking companies. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris. When you say funding, you you mean scholarships, grants, and things like that, right? Okay. Right. I'm yes. I'm talking about you know ways to pay for a uh, trucking company, essentially workforce development funds that help people get into uh, this industry because it's you know we see the successes all the time of people who are making minimum wage, people who, um, you know, are underemployed or unemployed. And the reality is if, for example, if you're a, a you know, you're in construction and you're making $25,000 a year, you go to truck driving school and you, you can, you know, overnight, uh, almost double your income and, and get something that gives you job security. Uh, 
So we see amazing stories of people who have um, gone to work and it's changed their life. And we get we get drivers that come back. They bring their brand new, uh, you know, gleaming truck and they drive up to our school and our other students are just amazed that 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 uh, what an impact that has had. It's really great to hear those success stories. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking, Chris, that's what keeps you. That's one of the things that keeps you in this industry. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. It's uh, it's the impact that you have on people uh, every day. I mean, as I said, there are there are just people who come to us who are kind of they're on their last dime. They don't really know where to go. They don't know what to do. They need help. Uh, maybe they've struggled. Maybe they've just kind of muddled along. Uh, they don't have an education. And this is something that with a relatively short uh, training horizon can turn someone into, into uh, you know, essentially a middle-class income um, within a matter of weeks. And that's really, there are not many uh, training programs that can, that can do that. Now, that's not to say that that's, that that's for, that it's for everybody, but for the people that, that, um, it's appropriate for, it can make a, a huge difference. And that's really, uh, I think it's what really kind of drives our people, uh, to see that kind of success and, and those kind of, of life, life changing turnarounds. We've been speaking with Chris Thropp, CEO, president of Sage Truck Driving School. Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure to be here. Looking to transition logistics personnel into top CDL drivers? Look no further than Transforce Group with state-of-the-art training and testing facilities. Our CDL schools are nationally recognized as the highest quality full-service commercial driving schools. We also offer customizable e-learning options for your drivers. Visit transforcegroup.com forward slash education and training to learn more. We took a look at the micro view with Chris Thropp. Now let's take a look at the macro view of driver demand and education with Don LeFay, president and CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. Welcome to the show, Don. Thanks for having me, Mike. Great, great to have you on. You know, one of the things, if this was a regular year, I would talk to you about, you know, some of the trends that you're seeing in the labor force, but this is not an ordinary year. So I want to start this off with how the pandemic is impacting, you know, driver education and what's it like for the instructors, schools, just kind of what you're seeing from the, the 10,000 foot view that you have? Great question. And, and thanks, Mike. Um, I would say the pandemic has changed many things about truck driver training. Uh, first, we have to follow CDC guidelines, which means it's changed how we train. Social distancing has really changed the way we teach in the classroom or in the cab of a, of a truck. So whereas, let's say, in a normal year, we would do, let's say, three or four students in the, the cab for road training and rotated them, uh, we're really seeing more like one-on-one -on -one training or two-to-one. Now, this doesn't change the amount of seat time the student receives, um, but it really has changed the method the school has to employ. Um, I would also say, second, we're, we're seeing the need to add additional instructors. Um, which again may limit the number of students that can be taught. Uh, so finding instructors pre-COVID was, you know, somewhat tough, but it's even tougher now to find those willing to teach, um, but also meet the experience that the schools require. So 
schools that are having problem, you know, finding or adding instructors are therefore kind of limited to existing capacity uh, that each instructor can handle. Um, and then in terms of, you know, how is the, the pandemic impact driver training? Uh, I think it's important for listeners to understand that we're certainly seeing a renewed interest in students looking to become truck drivers. Um, but there are problems in many states uh, in that the states or, or their state driver's license agency, which is really a DMV, is unable to keep pace with the demand. Um, so right now we're seeing uh, about 17 states that have pretty extensive delays. Um, and the delays are really coming to get an appointment in the commercial learner's permit written exam. It could be a delay to get a CDL skills test or a delay to, to really get the physical CDL issue. And the very the reasons kind of vary in each state, you know, where or or why these problems are occurring, but it's it's really typically the result of you know the supply of appointments that a DMV can offer. And really what it, what it amounts to is, you know, folks are taking longer to get licensed. So appointments in many of those 17s are you know, booked out 30, 60, sometimes 90 days. So imagine if you're trying to get trained, but you got to wait, you know, 30 or 60 days just to get an appointment for your commercial learner's permit written exam. You know, that could be very problematic for the student or the school to, to, to get them in enrolled and, and, uh, and trained and then out with their CDL license. So, you know, the, and, and the same delay really applies to, in some states, the CDL skills exam or the physical licensing. So, you know, if you have you know, 30 or 60 days to get your CLP, 30 or 60 days to get your CDL skills test or 30 days, you know, to get your physical CDL. I mean, that, that's just adding months and months of time uh, onto the process. So we're, we're just seeing it's not a lack of, of interest. It's just um, a lack of ability to really, you know, translate that into to licensed drivers. You know, there's a lot of effects with the pandemic having to do with the regulations of things that you had just described. But I kind of want to go back to what you were saying earlier with the uh, deficit of instructors. Is, is that something that has been just pandemic related or was that an underlying symptom that the pandemic just exposed? Um, a little of both, I would say. Um and, and I, you know, when and talking to schools, not every school faces that problem, right? Um, but it, it, I think it, it is somewhat pandemic driven. Um, it was an issue uh, as things got tighter, depending on the year. If the market was tighter, instructors, you know, would oftentimes consider going back out to driving, you know, because they could make more money uh, doing that. With the pandemic, I think what you're seeing is some fear of, you know, exposing themselves, particularly if they're an older um, instructor, they may be hesitant to um, get in the cab with an individual. Uh, but also capacity, you know, for the most part right now is pretty tight. So, um, you know, Perhaps they're getting better offers, you know, from trucking companies. Um, so it could be it's a combination of, of both. Again, not every school faces that scenario, but those that do, um, you know, are trying to find the, you know, instructors to add additional capacity because we're certainly seeing 
more more interest in uh, in trucking as a career. This pandemic has kind of thrown everything into you know the mixer of life. But um, pandemic aside, if we didn't have COVID nineteen during the beginning of the year, uh, you know, what are some of the trends that you were seeing um, from the beginning of the year that you would think that will um, persist later? Uh, concerning the labor force, you know, drivers in detail? Yeah, I think earlier in the year, the economy was so hot, it was trying to get folks interested in trucking as a career. Um, you know, we, what was the unemployment rate? Somewhere in like 3.5%, basically. Um, so there's, I think it got down to 3.5, maybe 3.6. So training schools typically are counter-cyclical. So um, we, we tend to have fewer leads when the economy is really hot. And that just become really due to a number of, uh, of reasons. But, you know, somebody could um, really be, you know, in construction, not driving. You know, somebody's looking to get out into a career and there's very low unemployment. Well, there are opportunities more likely around their um, you know, where they live so that um, they're not going into trucking. But as the pandemic came on, what we've, what we've seen is that there's a renewed interest. And that's not unsurprising because the unemployment rate has gone up. So I, I think when we, we started off this year, you know, still, still maintaining like we had, I think, last year, it wasn't as hot. But then when the pandemic hit, we saw the the price of freight kind of you know bottom out, and now we're coming back into a scenario where we're, we're not seeing as many drivers enter the market. And I think what that's going to translate to first, obviously, what we're seeing uh, capacity crunch, but that's only I think going to extend um, well into 2021. One because of the uh, you know state driver's license. Uh, agencies and and the inability to get drivers tested or or licensed, uh, the social distancing guidelines, um, you know, are are obviously having some impact. But but it, you know, I think that that we're kind of you know right now we're we're about to hit peak season and we're already seeing the capacity crunch, which I think is even going to be furthered by peak season. So, you know, I think there's kind of a, a big X factor, which is, you know, what are the experienced drivers doing? You know, obviously a number of them are continuing to drive, but new drivers alone um, can't make up, it, uh, you know, for uh, experienced drivers that have gotten out of the market. Um, so I, I suspect that some of those have either retired or, or taken more local driving jobs, um, but but we'll have to, you know, that remains to be seen. But what, what we are certainly seeing is uh, uh, more and more carriers kind of rejecting freight because, you know, the, the, the prices aren't there and, uh, you know, to meet that demand. That's a great segue to my next question, Don. Uh, um, let's get a little more analytical, I guess. Yeah. And um, late May, Dan Ronan had written a feature concerning the driver shortage and it being over temporarily. And, you know, he had quoted you in that and you had said that you believe that the driver's market will tighten later this year once the economy gets momentum. Um, just asking you to put on your analyst hat or magic ball, whichever you prefer in your assessment. Um, it, is, it is now mid-September. Uh, do you think that's coming to bear? I do. I, I do because, you, you, you know, 
it, you don't flip a magic switch and just produce drivers overnight. And it really takes two to three months to get a driver, not only through CDL school uh, or, or truck driver training school, but it also takes additional time to get drivers through what's uh, you know, major carriers have, which is called finishing school, which is additional training that the, the, the carrier will give to an individual to give just give them more experience. And it, typically, they have to meet certain um, performance measures by that carrier to, before they can go solo. So when you look at the impacts of where we were coming off of, you know, the March, April, May timeline, well, the the market has really um, obviously increased demand in terms of interest in the occupation, but you still have had a number of states that were dysfunctional, either closed or severe delays really since April. And um, now, now, j- just to give your listeners some perspective, there are a number of states that that really have just been operating as normal, and things are going very well in those states. But we're coming off of at one point in April having 27 DMVs shut down. Um, that started to thaw more in, let's say, uh, May. But then you have a new problem, which is this backlog due to um, getting appointments and. It's just delaying the process for individuals to get into the market. So in terms of how that uh, applies to capacity crunch, you've seen freight bottom out but uh, in April. But now the freight's not only coming back, but we're, we're about to enter peak season. So, you know, if you're looking at where we're going to be, you know, two to three months from now, your your drivers are, are – you know, probably about, let me think. So in about 40% of the states, they're still facing delays. And it's just, again, it, it's, it's, if freight is going to continue to kind of improve, but your drivers are staying constant or being delayed because it takes two to three months to get them uh, not only licensed, but really through finishing school, th- that's, that's going to have a major impact. I, I suspect that you'll see, uh, you know, rates go up. I, I suspect you'll see um, driver pay go up, um, and it's not it's not going to stop just this year. It's going to continue into twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was my next question. Just kind of that bottleneck that's that's happening because of the pandemic. Uh, but you know, th- with the driver pay going up, I think that would be a, a good thing for those wanting to get into the industry. Um, and you're saying that that's going to continue next year. Is, is that going to dry up in that same year, or is that something that's going to be sustainable for years on? That that really remains to be kind of the big question mark. I, I will tell you, I read recently where uh, one. CEO anticipated that it, it could likely last well into 2021 for sure. So, you know, I think that remains to be seen. But if at one point drivers were off and have been off, I think this year between, let's call it uh, 30 to 40 percent. So if you are delaying drivers from getting into the market, um, but the freight still you know, maintains its its current course. Um, I I think that has to translate into to, you know freight price increases and and driver pay. Just for our listeners, the, the the last two questions we were just referencing the article driver shortage is over temporarily by Dan Ronan, available on ttnews.com. We were speaking with 
Don LeFay, president and CEO of the Commercial Vehicle Training Association. Don, I, I think we've um, exhausted the, the questions that I wanted to ask, and I appreciate you coming on, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What does it take to become a commercial driver? What are schools doing to train these drivers? As we've heard from our guests, truck driving is definitely a job one really wants to do. You're driving long distances away from your family and loved ones. It takes a unique set of attributes and of course, skill. As for training, schools continually work with fleets in producing the right type of commercial driver who will, no pun intended, hit the ground running once in the workforce. But in addition, We've learned that this pandemic has put a bit of a strain in the process. Unfortunately, as new drivers finish their training, they're caught in the bottleneck, which in some states has slowed the CDL registration process. Even as the economy recovers and we grow into this new normal, these problems will persist for some time. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at tdnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with more of our special report on workforce development. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.